Ellen Parker is now the missionary that we have that has been on the field longer than any other missionary. She's been on the field for 32 years, and that doesn't mean she's old. She's not old. She's very young and vivacious. So Ellen Parker, who serves in Mexico City. How exciting. I, w- I couldn't sleep. I woke up at 6 and thought, I'm not going back to bed. I'm going to get ready. Maybe we'll leave earlier. <laughs> but we let- got here, and I'm very thankful to be at the um, poor little um, D- uh, Michelson mansion. They, they just don't take care of you. They don't talk to you. They don't take you anywhere. You know how that goes. No, all the contrary. How exciting. My heart beats and beats and beats. I see these faces of people that I love so much. Who doesn't know me? I mean, who has never heard, because so, I know there's always people in there thinking, you know, who is this person, right? Just you? You're the only, no, and you, and you. Okay, well then let me give a little blurt before, because I don't want to leave you out and say things that you think, where did that come from? Um, I was born and raised about a mile down the street, and um, I was born in a nice Jewish family. My mom kept an Orthodox home in the beginning. When, she was, uh, when I was two, she found out the, the, the kosher meat she was buying was treif. That means that it wasn't kosher, but she was paying kosher prices. <laughs> and so we were raised really more conservative. Um, I had the best of both worlds. I went to um, school and got out of the holidays for the Christians, and I got out of the holidays for the Jewish people, so I liked being Jewish. <laughs> And when I was 16 in, in high school, a Japanese Buddhist became a believer. I went to Poly High School. She shared Jesus with me about a year after trying to prove to her that Jesus could never be the Messiah. The Lord opened my heart, and I gave my life to him, and nothing has been the same since. <laughs> I went home, and nobody told me how to tell my nice Jewish family that I believed in Jesus. So I just went home and said, guess what? I know who the Messiah is. It's Jesus. The roof just about fell down. But thanks to, to our Lord, four years later, my mom became, uh, gave, became a Christian. She gave her life to the Lord a week before she died. She told me 15 minutes before she died. My sister became a believer. Her husband, her Jewish husband, also has become a believer and is a pastor now. Um, my cousin here, um, Juanita, you wonder, and I have an Asian cousin. She married my Jewish cousin who never wanted to know anything about the Lord and left her. And she became a believer, which is so exciting. And some cousins of mine and become believers, it's contagious, you know? If you're going to have something that somebody else gets, make it be being a believer, right? And then the Lord sent me to Mexico. You know, it all makes sense. Japanese, witnessing to Jew, sending me off to Mexico. Um, I remember telling God, send me anywhere you want, but please don't send me to Mexico City (laughs) unless you change my heart. And they gave me some special portion, potion, potion, I can't speak in English anymore. And I love living in Mexico City, one of the largest cities of the world. They say between two and 4,000 people come to live in the city looking for work every day. So I am sure Mexico City will do away with me before I do away with it. And the love of my life is witnessing and sharing with women, discipling women, doing conferences with women, 
as well as sharing my faith, being Jewish, and how I became a believer in Jesus and doing the Passover seders. And I do it all over Mexico. Um, every weekend, usually, I have a seminar somewhere if, with a different church. Uh, and not all the same types of beliefs as we have. So I have a great opportunity to take um, the tapes that we, the, the tapes, they are no longer tapes, they are CDs. I have my back um, trunk of my car, it's a missionary trunk. I have a big box of CDs I take. I have Bibles that I take, um, some, and other, um, uh, the, the Every Woman's Grace book that I put together many years ago that a church helped me to print. Um, that you don't even have, but I have it in Spanish. Um, and if you want to know more about what I do, I have some of these little um, brochures in Spanish. It has my email and my phone number on the back and some of the classes that I give that I can email you if you want any of the classes if I have them online. So if you want that, they're up here, and I only have a few, so if you that can be good for you, that's great. Um, well, that's just basically. So the people that don't know me know a little bit now. I, want, I left you off last time. Probably some people would remember I had a little boy stay with me, um, Eduardo, Eddie. His mom was my disciple in one of the Thursday classes. I have a class on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday during the week, and then I have conferences on the weekend. And on the Thursday class, the last Thursday um, that we had a class, it was in January a few years ago, she had the class in her home. And Eduardo stayed home because she was too weak to even make sandwiches. And he stayed home and helped make the sandwiches for the little the ladies' group. That night she went to sleep and never woke up. And he found her. He was nine. And his dad lived in Reno and said he couldn't return to Mexico because he worked and couldn't retire and he wouldn't get enough money. And he had a daughter um, that had a baby when she was 17 and didn't want the baby and had the baby live with the father, the, her boyfriend at that time, That then now he's married to somebody else. So here, Eduardo was stuck staying with the, the sister who really could care less and would go party and leave him locked in a little apartment. The dad would send money and she would spend it on her iPhones and her, her um, clothes and everything she wanted. And so after I found out that, the father decided, okay, well, that isn't a good setup. And I got a family... Um, that knew him uh, to invite him to Puerto Vallarta, and he stayed a year there with them, and they homeschooled him, which helped a lot, because Eddie was a boy that was very rebellious. He got kicked out of schools. Um, he flunked the grades. And after staying with this one family for a year, it was a great opportunity for him. Um, his father had a girlfriend in another town, and he had got the son to go live with this girlfriend, not a believer. And after she got tired of that, after five months, she left him off in Mexico City again. So he came to live with me. I'm single, and I love it. <laughs> no kids, cats and dogs, that's enough, you know. And Eddie came to revolutionize my little time that I would have teaching ladies. I couldn't teach ladies when he would get home from school. I got him in a private school. Um, a Catholic school, but had an amazing opportunity to witness to the director of the school, Miss Pepys. I remember loaning her the movie Fireproof. She would not return it to me. She said, all my children need to see this movie. They're all grown children. So I started loaning her CDs, Christian CDs, um, DVDs, and movies and things, and we even went out and had coffee and talked. I gave her my CD of how I got became a believer. 
there, there was a reason for me to have Eddie. Um, I learned from the best. My sister was really good, very disciplined. She made me read Dobson's book years ago so I would be able to take care of my own nephew and nieces for the first time alone, dare to discipline because, you know, they would just walk over little Auntie Ellie. So I had a list of his chores he had to do if he wanted to earn money for Sunday to get an allowance. He had to do those chores. And if he had a DRA... Do you know what a DRA is? Dirty, rotten attitude. He lost his money once he graffitied one of the walls in my complex. Mm-hmm. But as we walked my dog and I saw the wall graffitied, I said, Eddie, who did that? Do you know? No. Next day I found out it was him. <laughs> he was at a party with a bunch of his buddies there in the complex. And I said, Ed, he was on this trampoline. I said, come over here. I just got back from doing a con- an all-day conference from 10 to 5. Got home, found that out. Said, hey, come walk with me. Hey, um, I hear that we do know who did that wall. And you lied to me. And you knew it was you. So come on, let's go get a bucket and get some soap. And here's a scrub brush. And for two hours, he was out there with all his friends washing um, the wall. And then he had to give me money to pay me back for the paint that I loaned him to paint the wall with and the brush. He never did that again. And when he graduated elementary school, he graduated with an A average. And he learned that he can do it, that he isn't dumb. His grandma came to visit him one time, and he got his report card out because he did so good. And he showed his grandma, and the grandma said, well, why didn't you do so good when your mom was alive? And he said, my mom couldn't pay attention to me. She was so sick. She had lupus. She was 49 when she died. And then he said, and that lady doesn't stop paying attention to me. (laughs) Because he couldn't go out to play if he didn't do his homework, and if I didn't correct his homework, and if it was sloppily done, he had to do it again. So he learned best that he should do it good the first time. And thank the Lord. Uh, he's with his dad now. I do not have him. I'm single and love it again. His dad retired and is now taking care of him in Mexico. And I don't see him very much. Um, they are not very grateful that I had him and what I did. But you know what? I did it for Jesus. <laughs> and anything that we do in life, people might not thank us. And it's really important to know that you do it for Jesus. Even uh, Luis Contreras, uh, Lupita's son, called me up and said, Ellen, if you decide not to take care of Eddie, nobody's going to think bad of you. You will not be sinning. But in my heart, I thought, I pick up stray dogs and cats all the time. How could I not help this boy who's the son of my friend I discipled? How could I look at her in the eye and glory and say, oh, I couldn't do that? So it was a great experience. I don't wish it on... No, no, that's not true. It was very interesting. I I empathize with you ladies that have children more. It was very exciting. Anyway, so I wanted to let you know about what happened with Eduardo. And now, last year, I had to have knee surgery. This knee, this right knee, it's the third time I had knee surgery. Before I show you some pictures and things... Um, and because of this blessed knee needing knee surgery for the third time, uh, I had seen my uh, gynecologist, and I had a little lump in one of my breasts. And it was one centimeter in 2010. And in 2011, when I had my mammogram, it was 1.11. 
And he said, oh, it, it, there's something happening. In six months, do it again. 2012 came, and I had another one done, and it was 1.47. Not even one and a half centimeters. Nothing. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. Maybe next year we'll, we'll look at it, see if it continues to grow. But blessed knee surgery. And I'm Jewish. And I had to pay a $1,000 deductible for the insurance to do the knee surgery. So I said, hey, can't you get together and you do the breast and he does the knee? And I only pay one deductible. And they're both believers and they did it. And then I couldn't walk for three weeks. So my friend Rosita, who sings in some of my studies, took the sample of the breast to the laboratory to get uh, read. And in two weeks, I got the, the envelope. Nine o'clock at night, I open up the envelope. My doctor's saying, it's nothing. And I read, malignant cancer adenoma infiltrating. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> this doesn't sound like what he said. <laughs> and I told Nina, who was staying with me, my dear friend that I lived with, with Maria, for several years before I went to Mexico. Uh, and Rosita were there. And I said, okay, guys, guess what? I have cancer in my breast. And they got all bent out of joint, hysterical. Oh, you have to see the doctor right away. We have to get, you know. Girls, if you're going to be hysterical, you can go out the door. We do not need hysterical people here right now. We need calm people trusting in the Lord. And they looked at me and said, oh, okay, (laughs) I will be calm. (laughs) I called my doctor. He got an appointment with the oncologist the next day. Another friend, she's a dentist, canceled all her appointments, took me in her car, because remember, I couldn't drive, and... Um, I saw the oncologist of 30 years of experience, and he said, well, we can take a little bit out so you don't lose your breast. I don't have too much anyway. Who cares, you know? And so I said, you're the oncologist of 30 years of experience. What would you suggest I do? Well, I would get rid of the problem. Well, when do you want to get rid of it? (laughs) It was Thursday. Dear Nina had just spent three and a half months helping me take care of Eduardo. So I could do conferences all around. She was leaving Saturday. And he said, come in on Sunday, check in at the hospital, and I'll do it on Monday. And I said, the Jewish guilt trip to Nina, Nina, I can't walk. I have breast surgery. I'm going to have a mastectomy. And you're leaving? (laughs) That worked really well. (laughs) And she stayed. We changed her ticket. And she stayed for three more weeks to help me. Um, Somebody else put hymns on an iPod for me. I listened to hymns all Sunday night. It was so comforting. In the morning at 5.30, Rosita arrived, prayed with me, and they wheeled me out at 6, and my feet were moving underneath the covers of the gurney as I went to surgery with the hymns that were in my heart, and God kept me in perfect peace. In fact, the night that I received the envelope, that night, The Lord gave me Isaiah 26.3 in my heart. And that's why, ladies, it is so important to learn God's word, memorize God's word. I've been a believer for 42 years. And I thought, God, this is when it will show. And I prayed, please help me to be a good testimony through this that you're entrusting me with. Isaiah 26.3, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And I don't know what you're going through, but I know who's in control of what you're going through. And the worst that can happen to us is the best that can happen to us. I'll go to be with glory, you know, in glory with the Lord. And I got all excited. 
thinking, this is it. I'm going to die with cancer, and I'm going to go to glory. Wow. How ex- I re- I'm not saying this. I'm not a great Christian. I'm just Ellen Parker Sinner. I am. But I have a great God, and I've been learning his word. I have the blessing of being in this church for 41 of those 42 years, and reading God's word, reading it through year after year, reading different books to help encourage me and help me to grow. I don't know it all. I'm still learning. I'm in process. How about you? Yep, that's what counts. We have to always be feeding ourselves God's word because when you need it the most, you will rest on what you have. It's like, you know, when I went into surgery, I really wanted to pray with my gynecologist because he's a Christian. This is a man that, when I was 40, Karen, you'll see her on the screen, Karen Trevino now, it was Tolson, she's from Grace, gave me a check written out for 600 pesos so I would go visit a gynecologist because I had never been to one in all my life. (laughs) I'm not married. I was doing what God wanted. I thought, who cares? I don't have to go to the gynecologist, right? And And I couldn't change the check, so I thought I better go. And he examined me. Everything was fine. And he said, okay, well... Uh, um, you're okay. And I said, well, I haven't seen a gynecologist in 40 years. I'll see you in the next 40 when I turn 80. (laughs) And he laughed and said, no, I want to see you in six months. And he has taken care of me since I turned 40. I'm 59 now, all those years, and never charged me one cent. And so I wanted him to be there to pray with me. But they gave me the the anesthetics and stuff, and I, I was gone. Later that day, Monday, he came to visit me. And I said, oh, I thought you would get there on time to pray with me. And he said, I did. We did pray. You prayed. <laughs> Don't even remember it. And who knows what language? I have no idea. But isn't that neat that you don't even know and you do pray? Uh, that, that I was so excited. And then Monday was fine. I got out of surgery People were all around, wonderful brethren, so excited to see them when I woke up my eyes and the phone rang. And everybody started to get up because they saw me try to get the phone. And I got it before them. And it was the kitchen. They wanted to know what I wanted to eat. And they, they brought me filet mignon. <laughs> and I devoured everything. It was so good. I could not believe that in a hospital. When would you get that? The next day, I was nauseous. <laughs> anesthesia caught up with me I could not eat anything Um, and one lady that stayed with me said you have to eat your strength for the surgery you need to eat so you can um, get better soon I said well it's it's under your own risk okay here you go I ate and I threw up (laughs) see I told you so I didn't eat and the next day I also didn't eat because I still didn't feel good but I did get up and take a shower and I thought I'm gonna get my clothes on I want to go home So I did. I got up, sat in the chair. Later, the doctor came. um, And (laughs) it was so funny. My friend was there and said, Doctor, doctor, she's not eating. She's two days she hasn't eaten. He looked at her and said, Lady, if she were very thin, (laughs) it wouldn't matter. But she has some reserves, you know. (laughs) It's better to have reserves. So then my, my oncologist came, saw me sitting in the chair, already dressed, ready to go, and he said, where's my patient? And I said, oh, she left. She went home. She left me here to tell you. <laughs> so you want to go home, huh? Okay. 
my friend came for me, got in the car, went home, and I was just out of it, exhausted. I didn't, what, what, is, what, what was I thinking? How was I going to walk to get out of there? I had the knee surgery. I was just starting to use a walker and a complete total mastectomy with 10 lymph nodes taken out that all came back clear, thank the Lord. I couldn't walk. I got to my, my complex. I couldn't get out of the car. And there was a neighbor out there, hey, can you come get me? He went and got a chair and another man, and they carried me in on a chair to my little abode. The Lord was so gracious, even provided that. Then when the studies um, came back, um, it showed that 35% of all the cells in my breast were reproducing precancerous cells. That if I had not had a complete uh, mastectomy, I would have cancer and maybe not be here today to tell you about that. I don't like to fool around with things. Cancer's aggressive, so who cares? It wasn't an organ. It wasn't a liver, a kidney. It's a breast. And can you tell which one? No, because I found the breast store. And it's just, it is such, it is so amazing. You go in, and they have to fit you with this new kind of rubbery and has a nipple and everything in there and stuff. And, it, and you put it in a sleeve in your new bra. I don't know. It's just so interesting. Um, so many people um, have reconstructed, um, you know, that's everybody's desire and everything, but it, this is so easy. I don't even feel it. I did the exercises right away. I can move my arms and everything, and it's just like nothing happened. That's why people look at me, are you okay? You look okay. Did you really have surgery? <laughs> you know. Um, my doctor, when I went back for a checkup, he wants the money. You know, these guys, they want the money. He's not a Christian. I gave him a CD of my, my testimony. He says, well, now you can think about reconstructive surgery. And I said, oh, no, I found the breast store. I've got that now. I don't need the recon." And he said, well, what if you get a new boyfriend? And I said to him, my boyfriend's not going to see my breast. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and then he said, and I said, and if I marry him, he's not going to love me because I have two breasts because I'm more than a breast. And he looked at me like, what planet are you from? <laughs> I pray for my doctor. His name's Renee. Um, he needs the Lord. And the Lord allowed me to have cancer to be able to share with him. And in fact, I was the first of several ladies in my church now who have been diagnosed with cancer. And I got to give them the example of how they should be when they're diagnosed with cancer. We are the clay. He is the potter. Jeremiah 18. Don't you, if you love the Lord, wake up and say, God, I want you to use me? But you're the clay. And the clay can't say, but do it this way. No, you just say, I'm the clay, God. You know best. When life gives you lemons, what do you do? You make lemonade. And so he allowed me to have this. I don't know. It, it's been exciting because when I do seminars and I talk about trusting God, I can tell them. And they believe me because I lived through it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I know who knows, and that's good enough for me, right? Does anybody have any questions about this first part here? Because <laughs> I'm going to show you some pictures of people, because ministry is people, and so I just have pictures of people. There's some animals in there, but behind all the animals, don't get lost in the animals, there's people behind the animals, okay? This is just something God brings into my life, and I've learned to live with it, because... Um, he never brings a stray animal that he doesn't use for his glory because when they have baby kittens, they'll uh, be able to give them away and share Jesus with the people that receive them. 
Have you ever heard Jen's testimony about being in my house? That was so exciting. She did not like animals. I'd go into her room. She would put Bible verses all over her mirror to have a good attitude because she was going to the country every morning carrying a bucket of dog food for these stray dogs. She had an amazing chance to share her testimony and to witness to different people in the country. And God even gave her a love for animals now. (laughs) So you can give her a puppy. (laughs) No, no, don't. Okay, well, anyway, that's her story. Ask her about that. That me? Okay, we're going to do this thing now here. You'll take a puppy. I, well, I'll tell you all about them in a minute. Let me, you know what, I just, I don't need to do this. It's easier just to do this. <laughs> and then I can see two with you. Let's see here. I, this is one, just so that you know, I am in Mexico City. This is proof. This is the picture of the angel, the Idon Reforma. And, but that's the only thing of Mexico City uh, things that you will see about the monuments and all that because that's not as important as the rest. <laughs> this is Hillary. She was a young gal that came with her sister about seven years ago and spent six weeks with me staying with families in my complex, non-believers. She just came back about a month, um, a month and a half ago to visit. And uh, she, her, because of being there and seeing the things that we do, she wants to serve um, the Lord full-time now. And she came on a ministry trip to see different ministries to be able to make that decision. And I'm so excited for Hillary. And she's studying to be a nurse right now, too. And I'm a nurse, so it's really double exciting. There I am. And you can see, if I hope, hope I do this right, this here is Karen. Karen Trevino now was Tolson. She was from Grace Church and met a wonderful pastor, a single guy, um, who had never been married, and they fell in love. And you will see here, there's Karen. She has lupus. Please pray for Karen. Always has a great attitude. Lives with her disease all the time. And they had, um, I'll show you here. Here on the left is Karina, Karina, her daughter, and Valentina, her daughter. And do you know why they look so much alike? (laughs) Because... Karina is from Russia. They had a son, and then they couldn't have children. She kept aborting and aborting. So they went to Russia and adopted two. And on their way back, she got pregnant with another son. And then they adopted Valentina. She was seven years old when they adopted her in Mexico. And they love to come to my house. They are very wealthy, have everything. There's swimming champions around. But they like to come to see the country dogs and see all the kitties at my house. And so that's very exciting. Pray for Karen. That's not easy to have lupus and have five kids that are growing. And then here in my home, this is my home, the living room. Misha is a dear friend who married Rosita's daughter, Talin, that you'll see in a minute. And this is Christian. He's from Uruguay. Uh, He was there to share the Lord with him. He says he's a believer, but he left his wife and did some very not nice things. Now they're back together. Pray for Misha that he would get his boots on and love the Lord. I want to show you first. This is Talin, his daughter and his son. They lost three children first, and then she had her baby. Um, And she loves the Lord. And this little lady here is Marielle. Her mom got saved at a conference I did on forgiveness. And I didn't know who I was working for when her mom got saved because I've adopted her and her husband that you'll see in a moment. Um, This is her husband here, Jorge. 
And they love animals like I love animals. And he found a little stray newborn kitten in the gutter, just born, when somebody um, found a pregnant kitty in my, ha- in my apartment area. So I brought the pregnant mommy in. She had her babies. And when he found the kitty in the gutter, he brought her to me. This is a kitty that was so different. Double the size of ears, double the length of the legs. I, I named the kitty Yoda because <laughs> it looked just like Yoda <laughs> and survived. The mommy accepted it. And I love them. They love the Lord. Now they're going to our church. They were going to a fluffy light church and now they're coming to our church, which is really exciting. Whoop. Okay. And other people, other friends. This is Gabby Ortega's daughter here and some friends. And there's a little kitty. That's my terrorist. <laughs> He came through another little girl in my complex, was 10 years old, Rahina. Uh, her grandma kicked the kitty out of the house. She was crying. The next day was her birthday. The next day after that, her parents divorced, and she begged me to keep her cat. What would you do? I mean, I'm a softie. So her parents reconciled months later. I kept her cat. He's a terrorist. He can't sleep inside. He wants to kill everybody. So he sleeps in the back. Yes. Oh, and you have to, Tolo. Tolo is the son of the um, wonderful family, Oscar and Gabi, that do my hair in Mexico. They saw my hair, and I think they just thought this poor lady needs help, and came to me and said, you know, we have a beauty salon. We want you to come to our beauty salon. We want to do your hair for you. I must have looked terrible or something, but they do. So what you see is because of his parents. He is going to the seminary now in in Mexico. A wonderful, godly guy that is really growing in the Lord. It's so exciting to see that. And do you know anybody there? Armida, where are you? I saw you walk in. There she is. This is little Armida here singing her little heart out, helping in the the summer um, reach... Um, outreach for the kids in the in the neighborhood, praying. They were so wonderful to have. Um, I was able to have two of them. You'll see them in a minute. Stay with me. I love it. This is precious little Stephanie. Stephanie stayed. She's Michael Mahoney's secretary, so it was really great to have her there. And um, little poor little Brooke. She's in the bookstore. Can you see? There's one kitty, another kitty, another kitty. <laughs> Because she got the room where the new, the new kitties come w- before they're placed into adoptions. And since May, I received several mommy kitties, four, four or five to be exact, that had litters, plus all the other kitties that people found on the street, not just Yoda. Others came too, and these mommies raised them. And uh, I gave, since May, 30 kittens away. I'm not exaggerating. And 30 people got to hear about the Lord because of these kittens, you know. Got to take advantage of the opportunity. She was very gracious to have the kitties climb all over her. And when she didn't know, she would hang up her towel behind the door, a long towel. She didn't raise it up high enough. And I was in her room when she was gone. And lo and behold, I even filmed it for her. Can you imagine what the kitties did to her towel? They were climbing up it and down it and up it and down. And I said, this was what goes on in your room when you aren't here. Do you want another towel for taking a shower? (laughs) She was very great. And here they are in my backyard. I just purchased a a table with an umbrella for people to sit at in my backyard. And it was just in time. It has been such a blessing. 
Uh, my friend who's staying in my house, you're wondering who is taking care of all these things. Um, Nina lives here. Um, Nina and Maria and I and another gal. This is Maria, my wonderful Maria. I met Maria in San Jose State. Um, we lived together in a house with several ladies. Uh, she was the first one I met when I went to San Jose State. She walked into the kitchen and didn't even look at me. Oh, are you the new girl? Did a face about and went into her room. And I prayed and said, God, she will be the last one that comes to know you. And she was the only one. And she's a whirlwind for the Lord. And we've been friends ever since. Isn't that amazing? What we think, we know nothing. You know, we don't know the people's hearts. One day she came in the kitchen. I was memorizing Matthew 5 to 7. And she said, can you read me something from the Bible? Sure, you want to listen? (laughs) So I thank the Lord for little Maria's life. So there we are in there. And here I am teaching. I had to have one picture of me teaching, so you know that I do do that. It's not just the other things. Um, I had a wonderful chance just to teach these ladies here are from the El Faro Bible Church that I attended for 18 years. Um, They asked for the seminar on trusting God. I made a seminar out of Jerry Bridges' book, Trusting God. And it's so exciting to have had cancer to be able to tell them how God worked in my heart. He's the super God. I'm not the super Christian. I just, he put his word in me. He's the one that kept me in perfect peace. He's the one that enabled me to share my faith with the other people. Isn't that exciting? And he can do it for you. You just have to fill your heart with his word all the time and know that nothing happens that can't be for his glory in your good. And you're the clay. Don't forget that ever. When you get in an accident, you know, with your car, just know it's a divine encounter. You would never met that person if you hadn't had an accident, so you have to share your faith with them. Look for opportunities. In Chinese, is anybody here Chinese? Yes. You can tell me if I'm telling the truth or not. I learned this. I don't know how to pronounce the word, but they told me that the same word for crisis means opportunity or danger. Oh, I should say, does anybody here speak Chinese? It's like, you're Jewish, you speak Hebrew? Okay, but that's that's what I learned in Nurses Christian Fellowship. The same word for crisis means opportunity or danger. It depends how you see it. It can be a great opportunity when you get cancer. And it could be danger and you could just sink into despair because you aren't trusting God. So there's a reason, and it was a real joy to invest in the lives of these ladies. Even last night when I shared about the cancer, one young mom came up and said, we just found out that I'm in stage one cancer, and my boys, when they heard about you, they were there, perked up and listened, kept looking at you and looking at me and looking at you and look to see how I would respond. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Yes. And I have how many minutes? Ten? Jill? Ten. Yes. Okay. <laughs> This is the seminary graduation here. Um, I get to go to that every year. I have a dear friend. He's right there graduating. Um, He's 60-something. He never went to seminary. He's been a pastor for years. In fact, the Camino Real Hotel gives him uh, a, a big room to have church at. And I encouraged him years ago to come to the conferences for the Shepherds Conference. And he started coming. And I said, well, why don't you go to the seminary? I mean, I know you know a lot of stuff, but you've never gone. And he was really afraid to do that because he thought that he might not have the smarts at 60-something to be able to keep up. 
He is enjoying it, and his life has impacted so many people because he was in a home group before. So many people are growing in the Lord and going to the seminary because of this man's influence in their lives. It's just so exciting. This is one of the proud owners of one of the kittens. This is a milkar. He loves the Jewish people. He would love to be a missionary in Israel. Um, right now, he's a, he helps policemen that help people who have been kidnapped. Um, he's a psychologist, but he loves the Lord and helps them to find peace again in an unpeaceful situation. Yes. And then I had a birthday in August. I turned 59, and I, I made this wonderful Jewish star cake that my niece uh, sent me for Hanukkah or Christmas last year. It's so exciting. And little paw prints. Isn't that cute? Little brownie paw prints. It, and what I do for my birthday, I have an open house all day long. On Monday night, I had one from 6 to 9. But on my birthday, everybody knows it's all day long. You bring food, I give you dessert. <laughs> Mexican ladies cook wonderful, and I don't cook. I'm single. Everything I have is from Costco, frozen in the freezer, and I just take it out and make it. So it's, I love having a birthday because they don't have to bring me things. They bring me food, and I freeze it for months on end because this past August, there were about 100 people that came from 7.15 in the morning till nighttime. It was so much fun. Anyway, I love that. So, And then here, this is Nina, my dear friend. She's 70. Can you believe that? She doesn't look 70, but she is. She is taking care of the fort, and you'll hear about the fort in a minute when you see all the pictures of the fort. But um, right here is Elena, Elisa and Elena and me. I took Elisa out for her birthday. These are two single gals in my church. Um, what, they have been a challenge for me to keep loving. One of them is very, um, oh, I, what's the, kind of wants to put me down, isn't nice sometimes, very angry. And I've found out in life that I will never regret having loved. But if I'm mean to them like they're mean to me, who knows what's going on in her heart? Um, I will regret it. So I just try to bless them. Oh, Joe, well, let's go out to eat. It's only dirty money, right? <laughs> you know, and try to give them little things and um, show interest in their lives. Um, sometimes she changes and she's nice, and sometimes she isn't. And I just keep praying and trying to be nice. That's part of my um, needs of prayer, that I can always show love even when people aren't loving you have people like that in your life? See, it happens anywhere. <laughs> yes. Are you loving them? Taking them out to eat? Yeah. Got to do that. Yes. I learned from the best. There she is. She knows how to show love to people and, and keep loving them and loving them. Dolores. Okay. So, and then here we are. This is Marty Ness and her daughter, Fernanda. This is my friend, Mario, that's going to the seminary now, and my friend, Nina, and I. They, Marty Ness ha, has, um, she's wealthy. She has a beautiful hacienda in Cuautla, about an hour and a half outside of Mexico City, where they began to have Bible studies in a home, which they no longer are doing, and Marty Ness has offered her facilities free of charge to have a church there. So pray, this is in the making. Enrique Godoy, from one of the, the churches that we're affiliated with, um, goes to Cuautla and has taught these studies, and now... Just before I came, I called him and said, you need to follow up on Marines. She wants you to have the church there. She has in the area, the beautiful area there, a cross. I didn't take a picture. And, and, and benches all lined up ready to receive people. 
So pray for that. That would be so wonderful. And here is my dear friend, my first friend in Mexico, Bertita Bush. I know Bush sounds like it's related to somebody you know here, but she's Mexican, doesn't speak English. Martinez and Bertita were very estranged for the past couple years. They hadn't seen each other. They hadn't been together. This was the first time because Martinez invited me to her house, and Bertita lives close by. And I said, we have to go visit Bertita, too. Uh, her son did some very not nice things and caused a lot of friction in the church. Uh, but now that was the first time we got together, and Bertita called me and said, oh, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming. She's so happy to have the friendship again. So I'm really glad for that. And this is her little chihuahua, <laughs> Naui. This is my dear friend Nina. Just before I came, as it was about six, exactly six weeks ago, maybe a few more days, Speckles found me. This is Speckles. She was very with child. <laughs> very. She was out in the country. I went to feed my country dogs with my bucket, like always. And just in front of the door, I was with the veterinarian because we're trying to operate, fix all the dogs that, so I don't have more puppies to take care of. Um, I'm getting older. It's harder. <laughs> and she found me. She saw me feeding the dogs and, and gave me this look like, do you help homeless dogs? <laughs> she was abandoned there and was about to burst. I mean, she, and I said to the vet, can you take her? Can you take her to your office and have her have her babies there? No, if I take her, I'll have to, to kill the babies. Okay, put her in my car, you know. So Speckles came. I don't have a dog anymore. My dear Bambi passed on to Bambi land in, in April. Was it, I've never experienced something like neighbors coming over to say goodbye to Bambi. My 76-year-old neighbor in front came over at the, the night before, sat on the floor with Bambi to say goodbye. My cats were all around. The vet came, put her to sleep in my arms, and then one of the cats got on her body to say, no, don't take her. They even announced it in church <laughs> because everybody knew Bambi. Everybody. She was everybody's friend. It was just amazing. Anyway, so I'm, I'm Bambi-less, and I'm very thankful to just have cats. I'm out of the, um, the commission of having dogs now because they'll pull on my arm. I could get lymphedema. The knee is doing better. I want to keep it that way. Cats, you don't have to walk them. So, but Speckles found me, and I have learned if God brings an animal, I need to accept it because he uses them in my life to help others. So five weeks ago, Tuesday, yesterday, she had 11 puppies in my kitchen. We saw them all come out. It was amazing. The 11th one was born dead, so 10 survived. They're five weeks old. Four, um, there's only four left right now. Thank God. I hope they're all gone by the time I get back. I hope the mommy is too, but we're working on it. I had 13 people asking for 10 puppies. Amazing. Only the Lord would do something like that, you know. So here's some of the puppies just born. You can see all the papers. Yes, isn't that interesting? I know you'd love that. Okay, (laughs) neighbors came. This is Rita and Alejandra. I've shared the Lord with them. She's Cuban, speaks perfect English. They brought a blanket and gifts for the dogs. (laughs) Can you believe that? It's all part of the Lord. Then these two doggies uh, and these wonderful girls here, um, these doggies were discarded by their owner who lived behind my house. They wandered onto the main avenue, could have been killed. 
I just, they were getting, they, the, the owner was not taking care of them. They were getting sicker. This one here is older. So one night I saw them at 9 o'clock at night on my way home at the local taco stand begging for food. Okay, get in. <laughs> Got them in and started going to church. Here, look it. I have my little um, camera here. See my aunt. Who wants them? And then this wonderful family decided they wanted them. So now we have, we're, we're family. Um, and soon after they brought them home, the grandfather died. And having these dogs help the girls to face the death of their grandfather, God has his reasons. It's just amazing how he can do that. This is, this is Bicho. Bicho in Spanish means bug. He found us as well. Um, he's the veterinarian's dog that's next door to our complex. But he found a hole to get out of and came over to our house to play with my cats. He used to have a collar that said Bicho and the telephone number, so I called the number. And I said, do you have a cat named Bicho? He's at my house. So the lady came over, Sochi, and took her cat. The next day, Bicho was back at my house. She came back again, and I had a chance to share with Sochi. Sochi lost her husband. He had leptospirosis from a dog that he bathed. It entered the virus into his lungs, his heart. It started eating away, and within five days, he died. Sochi is very distraught. She has anxiety attacks in the street. This was two years ago, and I said, I am sure the Lord brought Bicho to me so that you could hear about him. And I've had wonderful chances to share with her. I need more chances, but she has to want them. Please pray for Sochin. Mm-hmm. And here's the mommy that I found on, in my complex that somebody, one of the neighbors, Ellen, Ellen, there's a pregnant cat out here. Somebody just uh, threw water on her. Please come get her. Everybody calls me. They find a cat in a motor, they bring it. They find little kittens in the street, they bring them to me. You know, I'm used to it. And she had her kittens... Um, and then she had also, this is Yoda here with the longer ears, and she, she adopted him right away. Wonderful. These are other kitties that somebody else brought me a cat in a cage, a, a, a bird cage, very wild kitty, and she had her kittens in my house and saved another one too. And my table I thought was for me. Well, Bicho has adopted it, loves sleeping on the table, doesn't get wet when it rains. And you can see here... <laughs> I have to fight for room in my bed, and I have to fight for room on the table. One, a week or so ago, I posted on Facebook, I don't know if anybody has me, there, there were eight cats in my bed, no room for me. And one girl wrote, I see a little place. If you squeeze in and make an L shape, you could fit in there. <laughs> Sometimes it's just easier to go sleep on the couch, you know. So, but I want to show you up here. Uh, my neighbors built up a wall that was not like this wall, and it looked really bad, and I thought, ah, I would love to have the wailing wall in my backyard. So I made a poster, a big plastic one, and this is the Jerusalem wailing wall. Over here you can see the Dome of the Rock, and with my little table here, it's like being in little Jerusalem. It's so nice. More puppies, somebody left. This is Toki. I was in the conference with the missionaries in San Diego years ago, and when the people that were taking care of my house, I got home, they said, you have a new cat. Well, where is he? He comes in the nighttime and meows, and you open the door. That's Toki. He was white, and he's a, he's a Tokenese, so he turned brown. It's, it's part of the race. Isn't that amazing? 
And this is Kali that was thrown in a bag with three kittens in the supermarket and brought to me, of course. And the little kittens hiding in the drawers. Peekaboo, I see you. This is a cockamisli. I knew you'd know that, right? He comes in my backyard at nighttime and eats the cat food. Isn't that interesting? And you can tell it's a cockamisli because he eats really loud. He crunches. And the cats, you don't hear them eat. It's very interesting. I saw one of my cats chasing him. And this is Deer Speckles with her pups, a pile of pups. Anybody want one? We can send for one. And again, I want to end with Nina and thank the Lord for this lady's heart to come. Year, she's come like for the fourth time now to help me because I have a lot of travels during the summer. And so I really thank the Lord for that. And thank you for listening in your prayers. And that's it. Thank you for coming and um, speaking to us. It's always a pleasure. And I don't think we've had this pleasure for quite a while. Last time we had to Skype with you. But that yeah, that was fun, too, because you carried your computer around your house and showed us everything. Yeah, we enjoyed that. It was fun. But now we just want to pray for you and pray for a couple of the people you asked us to pray for. And then we'll close. And if you need a cat or a dog or a, a cockam weasley, just come up and talk to Ellen, okay? <laughs> Lord, we thank you so much for Ellen and um, just what a gift she is and what a special person you made when you made her. She's such a joy. And thank you so much for working in her heart and working in her life. Thank you to Juanita, who was the one who shared the gospel with her. And um, just thank you for that ministry that you've provided her with, Lord, and all the people that she's had opportunity to share with. We just pray that you continue to use all of those seeds that she's planted. And if they haven't come to know you, Lord, we pray that they would. And we just pray that you would glorify yourself um, through all these people, and you have glorified yourself through Ellen today. And we just thank you for that, and um, just pray that you continue to protect Ellen, bless her. Thank you that she's doing well health-wise, and thank you for caring for her while she had cancer and her knee surgery. And we just thank you, Lord, for so many things. And we pray also for Karen Trevino, who has lupus. And Lord, we just pray that you would help her and um, give her the grace that she needs each day and the strength to take care of her family, Lord. And um, just pray also for Misha. We pray that you would bring him to know you, Lord, please. And um, his his other people, his wife, I guess. Um, and Lord, we pray also that you would establish a church there in Qualta, in, in that backyard place where they have the benches and all the beautiful trees. And Lord, we just pray that you would use that as a place where people might come to hear your truth. And please provide a pastor and um, people there that might be mature in you, that you could you could start a church there, Lord, and bless them. And Lord, we pray also for this young veterinarian, Sochin, who lost her husband, and we just pray that you would bring her to yourself also. Just pray that you would um, continue to glorify yourself down there in Mexico City, Lord, and um, just guide Ellen and also the Contreras's and the Dowdies that are down there, Lord, and just thank you for your goodness and your grace for all of them to minister and, and for the light that you give us through your word. Amen.